Welcome to the Pocket Paramedic Podcast, where we help student paramedics transition from university lectures to ambulance placement. In this episode, we'll be discussing the NQP programme and going through some questions you've asked us from Instagram. Today, I'm joined by Az, a friend, former housemate, prolonged shower taker and experienced paramedic. <laughs> Az, welcome back. For those listeners that don't know you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your career so far? Yeah, um, perfect. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm Az. Uh, I'm currently a paramedic uh, with the Welsh Ambulance Service. Uh, we're frontline uh, I'm also a paramedic uh, in primary care working for a GP surgery um, so yeah I also do a bit of event work um, working uh, and doing a bit of managerial work but um, yeah obviously me and Liam we went to uni together worked in the big big smoker London um, and we've run our ways yeah, yeah. so um, today we're going to cover some questions sent in via Instagram relating to the NQP program. Now I didn't. I missed the NQP program, so I haven't got first-hand experience about it. As did you catch the NQP program, or because you were sort of a year after me? Did, did it? Did it I, I caught the you... tail end of it, so I, I yeah, I caught the tail end of it, so I had to do a portfolio for my NQP process. Yeah. Right. So you so did they do like a fast track for you, or did you do the whole two years? No, I did the whole two years. Oh, right. yeah, so you yeah. got caught up in it. Oh, that's good. Mm. You can give a little bit more of an insight than I'd be able to do. Um, so just as sort of a starting point, then, what, can you give us a bit of information just about the NQP programme as a whole, just a bit of what, how long it lasts, or, or yeah. overview of what it entails? Yeah, so the NQP programme is a, it's a national programme, so theoretically it should be the same wherever you go. So it's a two-year programme. Um, it starts off um with 300 hours where you need to be assigned with a band six paramedic for your experience um which is nice you know, someone to to not really mentor you but kind of just to to watch your back really and if you want to discuss anything you know you're both paramedics but it's more to do with um local protocol and things like that if you need any help with with referral pathways and stuff um you also have to do a, a portfolio which will last you probably the two years and it consists of lots of different um, kind of check boxes that you need to do. So uh, mainly consists of reflections and it will be regarding um, just kind of basic things like um, tell us about times where you've discussed patient pathways, where you've discharged on scene, where you've, um, you know, treated people equally, just kind of a bit of the wishy-washy stuff to make you kind of the, the whole whole paramedic um but evidence wise for that that could be anything from a reflection it could be um so for example one of them is is involving you mentoring a student so sometimes you can get your student to write a bit of reflection on you um it could be some cpd days could be a cpd hours um it could be loads of things basically but that will take you to to two years um and during that whole two years you'll basically you'll be banned five at that point so you are it's a bit of a um controversial topic but um essentially you are doing the same job but you're being mentored so um after the two years you then go up to band six basically but throughout that whole time again it will vary between different services um but majority of the time is if you want for example if you're working on your own with a technician or something like that and you've not got a band six paramedic um before you discharge anyone you will have to have that that clinician to clinician chat so that could be anyone whether it's an uh 
uh, another nurse, it could be a GP on the phone, or you could kind of ring your, um, you know, your team leader or something, just say, listen, I've got X, Y, and Z, I'm going to discharge. What do you think? And nine times out of 10, they'll agree with you. Um, and that's just one of the annoying things about being on the NQE process is that you do need to have a clinician to clinician chat before you discharge anything, no matter how kind of menial it is. Um, but it goes really fast. You'll, you'll smash out your reflections um, and and you'll be about six then, nice and easy. Okay, so, um, so I've got seven questions from Instagram. And the first one reads, did you feel supported when you transitioned from student to NQP? Um, yeah, so I think the 300 hours really does help. Um, it roughly lasts about three months. And I think depending on where you are, so working in Cardiff, it's 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 a big city. You get a lot of exposure, a lot of experience in that time. So, um, yeah, you do obviously, and, and they're quite strict about this band six stuff. You're they won't put you with anyone apart from band six whilst you're in your three hundred hours. So, um, you do kind of always have that safety net, which is nice. Do, do you do that three hundred hours straight for your first three months, or is it sporadically? Um, given to you no, work? whatever your no, whatever your first shifts are. They so count get, towards your 300 hours. So you get three months third manning there and there. Uh, it, won't, it won't always be third manning. Right. Uh, right okay. you'll, but you'll, you will be with a band six paramedic where, where you could be a crew or you could be third manning. But right. um, what they're starting to do is put two NQPs together with a band six paramedic. So there's three of you on right. a truck. Um, but that's purely because there's so many NQPs that came this time. Um, but whoever you'll be crewed up with, it will be a band six paramedic. So, because from what I've noticed from the NQPs coming through where I work, they don't they won't do three months um, consecutively with with a paramedic or a offered uh, manning with a paramedic to to guide them. They'll do um, sort of a week or two when they first come out of university, third manning, and then they'll be on their own for a little while. Then they'll jump on again with another third mine then they'll be on their own again for a little while then they'll jump on with a van six paramedic it's it's a little bit like that is that similar to where you are or is it just three months uh, uh no i mean for your first 300 hours they're quite religious about right. that about putting you with the van six paramedic right. yeah so you are very much supported about that and it is to the point where they will um well they'll either chuck you with a crew where there is a van six paramedic to third man or if, it, if one of them's a double paramedic crew, they'll they'll split them so you can work with a paramedic and the other guy will go in the car or something like that. Was but they're that, very religious about it. So was that um, was that what you went through then? It's not changed since over time. It was just no, not at all. No, right. the only the only the only changes um, I've noticed is that now they put they can put two NQPs and a band six on a on a right. on a truck as opposed to splitting. Um, but again, that's just purely because. Um, there's so many more NQPs coming up now. Just to, uh, so, it's um, interesting. but no, that's that's really that's very strict with it. Yeah. So that's quite interesting because even though it's a national nationally recognised uh, qualification, you have to go for it. Yeah. There's already differences from my ambulance service to your ambulance service. Um, yeah, absolutely. I've not seen them do the three months. They're normally struggling to get band six third man in hours mm. just because of lack of staff in general. And the um, a few of them, like you've said, is quite controversial. A few of them don't feel supported um, in some aspects of it, and there's been problems there. So it's quite. So it sounds like it's even though it's nationally recognised, it, it's going to be slightly different depending on the trust you go to. Just from yeah, 
so we've got educational support managers and they're very they're very supportive they're very strict so if you've got any any issues regarding your portfolio or your hours they're kind of your first point of point of call um and uh, yeah so from our point of view it's almost you're not you're not useless as an NQP in your 300 hours but you can't be put with obviously anyone until you've done your 300 hours so I think the quicker they put you with a band six the quicker you get through that the more useful you become to control further on that makes sense yeah right um so question two is what are the advantages of an NHS NQP program compared to a private NQP program I don't have any experience with this I didn't realize there would be a private Mm -hmm. I thought you would always have to go through the NHS way of things Mm -hmm. to get that um band six paramedic status I I don't know have you heard anything regarding private yeah to be honest I've not I've not lent towards private because I thought the support wouldn't be as rigid as you it would be with the NHS Mm. you know it's quite well incorporated you know it's a structured program um but I I I don't know any anything about private and I didn't know that was a thing to be honest so I imagine they would put you yeah you know with a with a band six for 300 hours but whether they make you do this portfolio I don't know but that's a qualification. Yeah. It's through future calls, isn't it? So it's an interesting. I don't know whether the, because private ambulance services they seem to be increasing over the over the nation just to support the NHS role. So maybe if there's nothing mm-hmm. in place at the minute, then probably in the future if they keep taking on mm-hmm. contracts, there probably will be that in place. But I'm the same as you. I don't know of any private mm-hmm. NQP program. So whether it's even whether that even exists. Yeah. Um, so question I'm, I'm, three. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. I know Met Medical did some, didn't they? Did well, they? they were willing. They were willing to take on NQPs. I don't know if they had a program though. Right. So um, but okay. I mean, the bare minimum I expect they put you the band six for. I don't know, six mm. months or something. I guess it's a case if you're interested in going straight to private, then it would be some reason mm. you have to do off your own back. That's a bold it's, move. It's yeah. such a new concept to the NHS to the ambulance service within the NHS, really. Because, for example, mm. I graduated a year before you, as just because I was doing a foundation degree. Mm. I missed the NQP program. So all I got was two and a half third manning shifts and then I was on my own. That, that was it. So I, I didn't That's have any mad, I think, yeah. yeah, but a year later, um, you got mm. the three years of the NQP. And, um, so mm. it's quite a new concept for the Ambulance Trust. And having just a two years foundation degree, then two and a half third manning shifts, um, hopefully gives a little bit of perspective to the students as well and maybe worrying they're not going to get the support because it's so new it's quite a luxury that it's even yeah. there really in some in some aspects and that's a good way to sort of look at it rather than expecting all this amazing support and complaining if it's not quite there then it is at least better than two years and then out on your own after a couple of shifts so there's a little bit of perspective to take away mm, for sure um, yeah so question three is do you always have shifts with a mentor or senior clinician throughout the program? I think we've sort of covered that in the introduction. Yeah. So definitely for 300 hours, you're with a band six paramedic. Um, after that, it's kind of whatever goes really, you can go with any tech or ECA after that. Yeah. And you just, it's a long time, three months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I'm just, Question four, what are the restrictions to the scope of practice? So you've already mentioned that, that you have to sort of call a clinician, whether it's a GP or um, a nurse, to yeah. leave a patient at home. So that's a big I, that's a big mm. difference, isn't it, from the qualified state? Is, any other, is, it, is it the same, yeah. same drugs out or is there any 
any anything else that was restricted yeah so the main so the only restrictions i find were obviously you need to have a clinician to clinician chat when you um discharge someone um for the first six months you can't go on a car on your own whether you have cars in your trust or anything like that after six months you can go on a car but it needs to be it can't be a planned shift so if you turn up and say your crewmate's not in you'll have the option to go on a car but if you don't you're not contractually obliged to go on a car um apart from apart from that i think that's pretty much it unless you've got military in your service that are helping out driving and stuff i know nqps um unless NQPs, we call them six plus. So when you've done six months plus, if you've not done six months, you can't crew with the military just for that support reason. But apart from that, everything is is as it is. There's no restriction with drugs or staffing or anything. So once you've uh, done your 300 hours and you're on your own with your ECA or your tech, then that's your working yeah. as a band six paramedic. There's not exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is yeah, which is why the yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah which is it's something they'll maybe look into in the future but I'm <laughs> too sure to be honest um so question five is how much time do you realistically spend with a mentor and how much time are you do you work as a lead clinician so we've already established you've got that three months that 300 hours where you are and mm. you get a couple of weeks and then you're in and out with the band sixes with where I work um so after that three month period how what's the percentage of just being completely on your own would you say in that two-year period to be in with um someone supervising you just if you could give a rough perspective from what you experience so again it all depends on staffing so if you've got a abundant of band sixes you know you could always end up randomly crewing with a shit with a band six um if they've happened to just chuck you on that road to line that may that band six may be your permanent crewmate so that's that's one good thing um but majority of the time what they tend to do is you do 300 hours, then they will put you with a technician as a crew then. So that's that's basically it. So the rest of your shifts, unless you do overtime or unless, you know, there's there's staffing issues and stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. You're part of the crew. Um, you will be the lead clinician. But they really emphasize that you do have a support network. You know, you've got your, well, um, you know, any anytime you want to leave a patient home, majority of the time you'll leave them telling them to go see a gp so you can just give them a quick call anyway just say listen i'm i've done this i'm leaving them in your care you're happy with this um majority of the time you have like your team leaders or or senior paramedics and things like that you can give a call with um but yeah once you've done your 300 hours unless you're fortunate enough to be permanently placed with a band six as a crewmate then 95 percent of the time you'll be you know either with a tech or an eca as the lead clinician so it sounds like, uh, I'm sure that if it's national, the 300 hours is probably going to be what my ambulance service do. They just don't do that three-month block that I've witnessed mm-hmm. anyway. So I imagine okay. even though you on your own, technically, once you've completed those 300 hours, you really spend the whole two years with an extra support network via technology. So you're not really on your own. Yeah, absolutely. There's always that level of mm. safety net there, which, and you don't really stop doing things like that once you're qualified anyway. I know I still ring GPs most of the time. If I yeah, absolutely. I put my patient leaving at home and even just for a second opinion. So um, it's probably something you'll naturally do once you've finished your NQP program and you're a qualified clinician because the, the help doesn't stop, does it? Just because you're now a qualified paramedic. No, not at all. Um, 
So yeah, question six, um, how time consuming is the NQP portfolio? So you've got quite a, quite a bit of CPD style paperwork to do. How, uh, how yeah. time on your days off and things did, did it take up? Um, it all depends on how kind of thorough you go into it. I know people that will literally do thousands of words for it, like a full on essay. Other times, you know, you've got a set list of boxes you need to tick off. If you if you kind of plan it carefully, you can tick off multiple boxes with one reflection. So it all depends. I mean, one reflection can tick anything from like three percent of your portfolio anything up to like 40 percent of your portfolio can be ticked off depending on what you write how clever you write it um and what boxes are ticked off so it's very um it's very very time dependent there is a fast track process as well if you feel like you've smashed it all out um and you're ticking another further relevant boxes you can fast track within one year um, but I don't know anyone who's fast-tracked within a year, to be fair. Um, uh, there's a few, but it's nothing uh, crazy. A couple hundred words. Yeah. A few people who've... Sorry, go on. The, the fast-tracks ones from my ambulance service, they've been text previously, so they're band five. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then they've, they've been caught up in the NQP, where, and, but they've, they've made it so they can fast-track it. But they've had to put the work in for that. They've had to... Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like all the same boxes that you would do if you were going for it. Anyway, mm. but I don't know anybody that's come out straight from university and then fast-tracked. I don't know how... Yeah, especially in Wales, no one's ever done it. So obviously it's it's meant to go towards a panel, but we don't even have a panel because no one's ever done it. So (laughs) by the time you do it over about a period of nine months, by the time they sell everything down, you'll be done then anyway. But um, yeah, it's not super super, uh, time-consuming. If if you're smart with it, you know what boxes you can take off or you go to a patient and you already know roughly what your portfolio consists of, you can go, oh, this patient, you know, I'm going to refer this patient to a district nurse that'll take off X, Y, and Z section. Um, And then just just write up. Is it like a sort of checklist of things you need to have covered? So that's sort of what you get. You saw here's all the things you need to cover, sort of in a almost like a tick box type fashion. Then you have to include yeah. reflections to meet all of those tick boxes. Once you've met those that criteria, then you signed off. Happy days. Is, it, is that the sort of style? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think it's in more specific uh, drop down boxes. So there'll be one regarding um, education, the way one regarding CPD, one regarding referral pathways. So. If- if you click on that certain box of, you know, for example, the education one, that could be, um, uh, you know, maintaining your own knowledge in CPD or mentoring a student, things like that. So you know exactly what each subject uh, consists of. Um, and once you go, yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. Yeah, you write it up and then um, it gives you the option at the end. So you up, you upload your reflection and then at the, at the end it will say, what boxes does this tick basically and you tick each box so that'll go off to your education manager and then they'll just they'll just collaborate you know they'll look at the boxes and they'll look at your reflection they go yeah you detect that off great and then yeah on to the next one then do you know of anybody that's um not not managed to qualify after the two years not managed to complete the nqp program that's been knocked back have you ever heard of anything like that so i know you you're granted extensions so um I don't know anyone that's granted that extension to be fair because I think everyone is very much wanting to get up to band six and it's 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 a it's annoying but it's not not doable if that makes sense so as long as you just just put the work in you can like I said you can knock off a big chunk of your portfolio with just a smart essay covering a lot of a lot of the tick boxes yeah so do you think that uh, it 
benefited you quite significantly going through the incomplete process? Do you think it was just a bit of a bit of a ball ache, something that you had to do and you just wanted it to if you had the option, would you just gone straight to band six and been out there on your own? Or what, what was what were your thoughts after completing it and going through it? Yeah, good question. Um I think there are elements of it that did I did actually help me. Um especially with the student one. I, I think it's a bit daunting to be a newly qualified paramedic and then they want you to have a student. So the requirements were after nine months, you need to sit your PPED course. And then after 12 months, you need to have a first year student, basically. Um, so I don't think I would have done that unless I had to, basically, because I thought, actually, I, I don't feel quite confident in myself. But having that student kind of brought me out my shell and it did actually realise that, you know, I do actually know a fair bit that more than I, what I thought. Um, and and teaching it to someone kind of for me consolidates my learning as well. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't too bad. That was pretty good. Um, but some of the stuff, it's like you know, treating everyone equally and yeah. and not being gender biased or you know that kind of yeah, stuff, I, which you, you do know, on a day to day. You know, the stuff you'd have had to display just to get into university course. The stuff you would have had to, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, when you were going for the job itself, and then yeah, again, you've got mm. to sort of tick these boxes about equality and diversity. It's like if you've got to, yeah, be a absolutely, you know, you're not a racist or a homophobe or yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, absolutely that's just, that's just throughout the service though isn't it for as long as your career 100 percent. can't escape it <laughs> yeah um just to make sure none of us have got through on oh, no, no bad eggs um third uh, seventh and final question is uh, we can probably both answer this one is it difficult to cross over into another ambulance service from the one you at uni um with so your placement university you sorry your placement ambulance service so we both mm. We, we were both at London Ambulance Service. I went straight to Yorkshire Ambulance Service and you went to the Welsh Ambulance Service. From my mm. perspective, it was like going back in time a little bit. The um, <laughs> For example, the, the stretches, we had to pump up with our foot. Um, really? And with all the oh, equipment, mate. just a little, a little bit backwards and the trucks had about 700,000 miles on and, and they were sort of, all oh, the drawers are taped up together. It was, it was a little bit backwards <laughs> with the, with the uh, equipment. Whether that's just because we have a station, it's a little bit out of the way. We're not in the sea. Maybe we get all the all the uh, trucks that have had a few miles on them. I'm not sure. And it was just different um, different protocols for different things. Um, but we, I went through a week long induction process, which was just all about uh, they called it yassifying us. So just making us from a national nationally recognised paramedic with all the JACALT. Um, stuff that we'd, we would follow into what then YAS would interpret some of those um, some of those guidelines a little bit differently but they, they, they don't expect you to know that they teach you what their way of doing things and it was all quite an informal week quite enjoyable just at training school um, and then for me again it was two and a half third man in shifts and then I was out on the road uh, how does that compare to your experience of that transition so uh, yeah, similar elements. I had I had a two week induction basically of wastifying <laughs> each of us basically. So we've got different um, you know different monitors and pathways and stuff. So doing all of that, which again it was quite enjoyable, just sitting in the classroom with your mates, just bossing about really and learning about how to shock someone and not yourself. Um, and it was it was nice because they gave us like clinical scenario time as well. Um, so you know they got the dolls out and we got to have a play and a bit of stuff like that and you know we weren't being marked it was just yeah. like just have a play and if you mess up you mess up now because you know you've not you know so I, I registered in August but I didn't actually go back to you know the service till November 
that was the first time I job. So at that, that time, I've not really done frontline work. So that was quite nice. Um, but I think I was a little bit the opposite. I was in quite, I was in the city. So our trucks and stuff were quite well maintained. Right. Um, the thing I like about, about WAST is that they, they, uh invest in a lot of specific equipment so you know if you're like decompressing a chest instead of whacking a cannula in we've got made you know made fit to fit fit to use like actual yeah so we've got like those like big long ones yeah Yeah, the pneumo fix yeah yeah the um even even yeah even for um uh, Neil Crike, we've got specific it's not just a scam yeah we've it's not a quick track it's called um and the trucks were fairly the trucks were quite new actually like the, all the fleet was really new um they just get battered in cardiff because it's city center we do so many jobs they just get battered and they get rotated a lot basically um stretches are brand new coal pulses were brand new um that's the one thing i do like about my service is that when they've got money they will actually spend it on updating things um but yeah it was it was different it was some of the elements were going a bit back in time like you mentioned um with wales everything kind of goes to one specific hospital as opposed to london where you know you've got a heart attack you go to this hospital if you think it's neurological you can go to that one because it specializes in it um yeah a bit backwards here in wales but i i I liked it it was busy it was as well no it's it's busy like london but everyone's just generally happier here from what i said in in your colleagues in staff colleagues people oh, the public like way. everyone's just just it's just the welsh we're just so happy all the time probably <laughs> the same as people up north are but you, um, uh, are you recruiting yeah. <laughs> am i yeah <laughs> it sounds a bit of a plug you've got to one that comes through if if my managers are listening please uh, <laughs> give me the- <laughs> uh, i think it's just going back to the when you they got the mannequins out for you so you got a bit of clinical time in that mm. induction week and um, the thing that i was really happily surprised about was the just how there was no pressure whatsoever like you said it was no it yeah. wasn't an exam condition it, you know because you feel very like you're getting judged when you're coming straight from university and you've just done all your oskies and you may be a bit unsure about what to expect when you get to your new ambulance trust. And the interview process yeah. can be quite um, stressful. And But once you're through those gates, from my experience, everything was really informal. You know, it wasn't there wasn't that pressure to do that. Everything perfect when you got the mannequins out. It was literally just a case of getting used to the kit, having a chat. And, and yep. I think that's quite a good point if anyone's worried about um, that for the first week or two at the new the new um, the new ambulance trust but obviously it's going to vary from um, that's one thing we've noticed from this the nqp program seems to vary depending on where you are and um, what ambulance trust you have and the induction process seems to vary and um, the trucks seem to vary it, mm-hmm. it, it, you know we, and we can't vouch for any other ambulance service really can we um you know officially we can't even vouch for our own it's just we're sharing our experiences <laughs> um yeah that's that. it um, so that's it seems like NQP programs may vary slightly, even though they might have this overall 300 hour third man in uh, lead clinician support. Um, so as thanks for coming on again. Um, any final tips for anyone that's just about to embark on their NQP program? Um, just just there's no rush. I think because people are so desperate to kind of progress in life, aren't they? And um, yeah. even, even I don't, well, I don't know if you guys have cars at there, but 
even just jumping on a car is quite a daunting process being on your own yeah. and for me personally it took me about nine months before I was uh, on a car and I wouldn't say I was confident but there was no you know my crewmate hadn't turned up there was no one else to crew with yeah. I'd done my six months there was an option to go on a car and I thought well if I don't go on it now I'll never go on it um, but just do things when you're ready at your pace like don't try and smash through your 300 hours just because it's more convenient for control because they can crew you with anyone then but just take your time enjoy it take your experiences um and i used to take a little notebook so anytime i saw a uh, a patient or a job that i think you know i could probably write something up about this i would literally just write down the job number a little brief explanation why i did and then just took that home and wrote the reflection then so it's just all about pre-planning um and just enjoy it because it'll be really really interesting it's nice to be out there without someone looking over your shoulder marking you where you can you can literally make your own decisions and and bounce off your crewmate so it's really nice yeah and yeah. um, so as if any students want to engage with you online so your online content anything you might put out where's the best place that they'll be able to find you uh put my instagram which is uh as.khan but well it's az.kxxn um, or my Twitter, which is Asgar Ki A S G H A R K I. Um, those are probably the most I'm active on. Um, and yeah, be, that's why I post all my rubbish. So yeah. Listen, I hope you were able to take some value from this podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to let you know about some resources that may help you out on placement. If you're just getting started on your student paramedic journey and you're looking to improve your attending skills, I have a free ECG ebook which gives you the tools you need to identify a normal ECG out on the road. As well, I have a history taking and diagnosis pocketbook full of history taking questions so you can take the lead on placement and avoid those awkward history taking silences. If you're interested, I've left a link in the show notes.